0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Orly's Weekly Weather. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. We're beginning at December 25th. We'll be ending on January 1st. And forward we go into the week ahead. Uh, Weekly weather, pretty big stuff. Now, remember, we're going to talk a little bit in review because there's just so much going on in the heavens, and sometimes it's nice to take a... A recap and kind of look and go okay let's go back and look at last week and what happened then. So if you remember we were talking about this big configuration in the sky where we had Jupiter changing signs starting a new season, uh, Ceres say, changing signs and starting a new season, and the Sun changing signs and starting a new season. And we also had Uranus up here forming a hammer of Thor with the Sun and Ceres. So the Hammer of Thor, of course, is a pretty interesting aspect. These happen to be nice planets, uh, the Sun and Ceres. Nonetheless, we know when the hammer, (laughs) when the hammer swings, stuff happens. Uh, And then we also knew Jupiter is an Aries, kind of a forward motion energy, full steam ahead. And so this was the premise for the week that we had last week. So we were looking at it and going, big stuff four planets on a world aspect on world points zero zero of the cardinals three of them and one of the fixed Um, means a lot of stuff going on above in the world we're going to notice plus we had that really interesting parallel conjunction which of course that day uh, there was an earthquake in California 6.4 magnitude which is pretty good sized but if you think about the week there was a lot going on last week and I like to refer to it. Now you can call a world event. You can call it a USA-based event. Still a big deal. So what we had was the January uh, 6th Commission votes to refer a criminal referral to the Department of Justice. Then we had Volodymyr. I'm not trying to say it right. Zelensky addressing the Congress. And then we had the January 6th Commission releasing a report, 850 pages plus all these testimonies, uh, transcripts of the uh, people who they interviewed. So let's just take a second and look at those charts because we don't often get to do this. And today it's Christmas and I'm feeling like that should be something we would do. All right, so here we look for the vote for criminal referral, which took place on Monday. So the hearing started at one and the January 6th commission in the Capitol building. This is the moment, according to C-SPAN, an astrologer's favorite device for when the um, when they voted for a criminal referral uh, to the Department of Justice, and they voted to send a few members of Congress to the Ethics Committee for ignoring congressional subpoenas. Now, why do you agree with it, or you don't agree with it? The astrology is interesting, right? So here's the re- here's the referral, and we see our little series there, and we see our Jupiter over here. He was just about to change on it. Remember when a planet is one degree before, one degree after? Um, It counts, and here he is five minutes from being exact. And we also have the sun getting ready to go into uh, that placement on December. Remember, because the aspect that we're looking at is the configuration that took place on December 21st. But we know that we have a week, and we know when these aspects form, they're forming, they're coming up, they're getting ready, and then they're going to pulse, right? Right? But we also have the Sun here coming into square Jupiter. The 11th house, of course, is Congress. We have uh, planets here in the 9th house, which is the legal system. And we have the 10th house, which is the executive branch. So we or the Supreme Court court system, executive branch. So Justice Department's kind of a mix of both. It does the courts, but it also is under the executive branch. But definitely this is Congress, the 11th house. We see Uranus sitting right on a world point, right on the angle there. We do see Mars retrograde. Now we know when Mars is retrograde rules the seventh house, rules the south node, rules the moon, rules the Aries planets. Stuff may not happen the way we think it's going to, and of course, you know, I always say Mars retrograde, you know, it's a good idea. But let's see what happens when he goes direct, which is january twelfth. But we can see there's a mystic rectangle in that middle of that chart. See that big old mystic rectangle in there? And it's a mystic rectangle in air, air and water and earth, right? Which is unusual. Normally they're in the same element, fire and air, earth and water. But this is an interesting one because Pluto here, top of the chart, power dynamics, of course, Uranus on a world point, And we see this rising sign is Venus. Venus over here at 12. Now remember, Mercury and Venus are both out of bounds still on this particular aspect. And we also see Jupiter in Pisces. Favorite sign. Loves Pisces. Favorite degree. Loves that last degree. Very juicy last degree. Sun approaching a square to it. So it was a controversial decision, but we also expected, you know, we knew these things were happening, but we we kind of got the okay, here it goes, here it is. The one that's really interesting is the Vladimir uh, Zelensky. So this is his chart, and this is a cast for him in Ukraine, and this is the exact moment when he started his speech at 7.39 p.m. on December 21st. And it was a beautiful speech. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, you know, definitely, i put my glasses on because these charts are a little smaller. Um, definitely listen to it but the inner ring is his chart and this is a time that's you know the popular one on the internet so we're gonna go with it and we know he's an Aquarian here Uh, we know he has Jupiter in Gemini currently being very activated Uh, and he also has Jupiter having gone direct in his lifetime the second ring is what we call secondary progressions which are his emotional feelings the third ring is an event ring it's called a solar arc, and solar arcs are like pops. They're like you put a battery in your phone and it goes on. And when you think of your cell phone charger and it's kind of gone all the way down and you put it in, a little line comes in, and then the phone comes back to life. So solar arcs are events, and they promise an event. And then the outer ring is the transits that we were just looking at on December 21st. So this is the, this is the day the aspect was perfected. So we see over here the Sun in Capricorn on Uranus, unexpected. Got out of a war-torn country, took a train to Poland, hopped a plane to the United States, met with Mr. President Biden, came and addressed, addressed a joint session of Congress. It was a Very short speech, 25 minutes, definitely worth look, listening to. Um, Saturn up here at the top of the chart, in his chart, you know, which is an authority position when Saturn hits that top of the chart, you're in charge, you're running the place. We also see uh, in our other parts of the aspect, we see the Jupiter here in the 11th house, which is Congress. Now that's his Congress, but that's also him coming and speaking to a group of people in his natal position. And when we move him to DC, which is always a good thing to do when someone's coming somewhere, uh, coming someplace to do something, always good to look at their relocated chart. And then down here, we see Pallas Athena, of course she's a warrior goddess. And she is on his Mars in Cancer. And so he said, we are fighting with you. It's not, a, you know, not alone, it's an investment, imbe- a whole bunch of things. But if you study this chart, I, you know, I'm an astrologer, I sit there with my computer watching. Okay, now he said that. Now he said this, ooh, he said that, ooh, there. Like, go through this chart. It's a really good exercise, because it's live. We have a time. We have a person who's coming and appealing. We see here the Venus, the Mercury, and the Pluto. I'm coming and asking you for some money. Help me, please. This is a war we're working together. And we also see the Midheaven here, Pallas Athena here, by progression, who's progressed Midheaven. Is, now this is the DC progressed Midheaven against his natal chart, right? Because these are the capitol building. But right there on that Neptune. Uh, and also the 6th house of the warriors, the soldiers. No, re- no reversal to his solar arc node. A little wide, but, you know, I'd give it to you. But more importantly, that Mars over here at 11, in terms of it talking and speaking and, and and saying, hey, this is what we're we're looking for, and then coming over and looking at it, aspecting that Vesta. And that whole piece about, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying Vladimir did this, but that whole piece about we're going to be home on Christmas and we're going to be counting our blessings, but we're going to be really cold. And of course, we're having these huge snowstorms here in the United States. Pallas Athena partnered with us. Uh, Mercury on the world point, uh, not in the world point, the zero point of Pisces. It's a very emotional speech. It was very clarifying. And then also Neptune here on the Venus, now remembering April, was when the war intensified. Uh, even though it started right after our first Pluto square, United States first Pluto square. We also see Jupiter and Aries here on Mercury, direct communication, Venus there. And then he had the signatures, Mercury's signatures, of the warriors, Aries' warriors, on the flag, which, of course, he gave to Nancy Pelosi, who is an Aries female, with Ares on her son, which is why Nancy's polarizing. People love her, they hate her. How do they feel about a strong woman? That's Eris. She's, she went there. She hopped on a plane and went over to visit him in Ukraine. So we see this chart is a really interesting one. And then when we pop it to New York, we see here in the United States, his birth time is 6 a.m., relocated. But we also see the Venus here on the Mercury. I'm talking to you directly. I'm appealing you directly. that Your taxpayer dollars, Mercury rules the taxpayer dollars, uh, are going to be well spent by helping us fight this war. Um, and so back home again, Saturn going through the second, starting a whole new chapter of this. Saturn on the partnership planet, Jupiter here, on the Mercury Venus. It's a, it's a really interesting chart in the second house of talking to us directly. And, um, you know, when people reported out about the room, it said they felt very electrified, it felt very intense and passionate. And I think that's part of the energy of this chart and so it's a really nice thing to see like a world event like that and we knew we were gonna have something big and yes the earthquake in California is big and the January 6th is big all good it's all big but this was really big you know so it's it's that kind of energy when we that's why I love astrology so much because you see things like this and you go oh my god oh my god oh my god look at those chart look at that chart and so I encourage you especially the beginners Um, to sit with these charts and kind of listen to his speech and then go find it in the chart. Find it in his natal chart and then find it in the uh, Washington chart. Next up, the January 6th report was released. Now, interestingly, this report was released right at the end of the day at 9.50 p.m. Again, a a timed release. God bless the internet. It's the astrologer's best friend. So here we see it's Virgo rising, and it's 841 page, whatever it is, report. But up here at the Mars on the midheaven, Venus on the midheaven. Now Venus has come in bounds. Mercury and Venus are coming in bounds last week. So they're, but they're down here in this, in this fifth house, and the transcripts are interesting. I encourage you get the report and read it, I mean, I've been reading, I've ordered a copy, you know, from Amazon, but I've also been reading the online versions. (laughs) I may have it read before uh, the book arrives, but that's all right. I want the book anyway. So here we see our our configuration in hot number, right? Because it just happened the day before on the 21st when um, Zelensky spoke. So here we see the Jupiter and Aries. Squaring that sun, it is a balsamic phase. Interestingly, Sagittarius, it's we're publishing what we learned, and it also is Venus ruling the midheaven down here in the eighth, the fifth house. Now, this is the leader of the country one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, eight. These, this Mercury, Venus, and Pluto are all in the eighth house, and then we see the Mars in Gemini, of course. Donald is a Gemini, his, um, his son, and uh. Uranus sit on the US Mars and as the president of the United States, you know, Abraham Lincoln said, you know, no nation is gonna take us. We got Atlantic Ocean, we got Pacific Ocean, they're just not gonna be able to take us. But we can be destroyed from within. And so Donald's son and his Uranus, which is the chaos and crazy, land on the US Mars for the Sibley chart for the Declaration of Independence. So he has that ability. And of course, Mars and Gemini, I know this is itchy because it's true. Uh, Mars and Gemini is sibling rivalry. So we've seen, you know, the rival is like divide us and make us fight with each other because it's fun to see a fight, right? And so it's an interesting thing. So here we see the publishing, Uranus and the house is publishing. We see the Jupiter and Aries here, lots of secrets coming out. Now, interestingly, on that day, Chiron was stationing in Aries, right? Chiron is a wound and Chiron in Aries is the angry energy. Aries is an angry energy where people were wounded through their anger. And notice Mars and Chiron have a lovely sextile. Lovely in the sense that sextiles are working and easy. But they also have an enormous these are not planets that necessarily should be in sextile to each other and have it be a pleasant experience so we see this as kind of a intense kind of passion and of course immediately everybody was up in their arms and yet we did you know it's like we we're living in the history right now so we have to get a little distance from it to see what we really think. I mean, some of us have opinions right now, me, you know, obviously. And it was funny because it was Christmas dinner tonight and I had, uh, um, and we had eight people, I had eight people, referred, eight of us for dinner. And so at one point, one of them is a friend of mine who's an astrologer and she goes, yeah, like, not like Anne is not political or something. And they all laughed. And I'm like, "What, what am I political? I'm not political. But, um, yeah. So anyway. rate, I just thought it was a fabulous chart, so I wanted to show it to you and have you see living astrology happening. So what we did was we cast the chart for the moment. Now go look at the Arabic parts. Go look at the planetary pictures. Back when Liz Cheney got fired by um, Kevin McCarthy, and she came out of that meeting, and I pulled the chart for when she walked out, because that's when she lost her position. And I cast it and it had, you know, treachery and catastrophe. And I thought, oh, Kevin, not good, not good. We just fired Darth Vader's daughter, Princess Leia. She's not going to take a ride on this. And then then in that last hearing, she was talking about her grandfather. So we see these, who was a great-great-grandfather, who fought in the Civil War, preserving the Union. So we see the um, energy of this chart is very, very strong. And also, very very important. So when we have events like this, it's worth it for you. You know, put the chart in your data. Save it. Even if you don't really like mundane astrology. Mundane astrology, which is what this is called. The astrology of the world. Absolutely fascinating when you look at the history over time. And we knew it was going to be a complicated, intense week. And then now they're releasing all the transcripts. And all the people that go, I, I can't recall. I can't recall. I can't recall. And they opened with the Cassidy Hutchinson transcript, where she started with I can't recall, encouraged to do so by her lawyer, who was paid for by who knows who. She wasn't ever told. Um, And then you watch all the I can't recall, I can't recall, I can't recall, from all the other people that testified. Just loving, living, loving, wonderful astrology. So that's our fun little adventure with charts because we knew the week was gonna be big, but who knew it was gonna be that big? And so, you know, gotta have fun. Alright, we still have out-of-bounds planets. We have Mars comes in bounds in May, Pale Athena comes in bounds February eighth, and Lilith comes in bounds March 13th. So Venus and Mar- Venus and Mercury both come in bounds, which is good. They're gonna be better behaved. All right, there was a new moon last week on Friday, which we didn't talk about just because it's been that kind of month. And so we see this new moon, uh, which is you still are in orb to have a new moon ritual today, tomorrow through the Pisces moon, the Aquarius moon, the Pisces moon. Don't do it on the Aries moon when we get to the end of the week. But do a new moon ritual. This lovely new moon is in Capricorn. It doesn't have a lot of aspects in it, but it is right after the seasonal ingress of the year beginning. Many people count the Capricorn ingress as the beginning of their year Um, because that's when the sun is at the lowest on Earth's declinations, down at the bottom of the Tropic of Capricorn and it begins its climb to the north. Notice the midheaven is 18 Virgo. That's the US Neptune. Uh, So it's an interesting mid-heaven. got a lot of potency to it. And then we have this lovely, look at that big old brand trine in Earth there. This is a new moon for manifesting. And it's a new moon right after Jupiter went into into Aries, starting a new 12-year cycle. Right after Ceres went into Libra, starting a new 4-year cycle. And right after the Sun went into Capricorn, starting a year. Plus, we have Uranus over here out of bounds, not out of bounds, on a world point, stirring the pot. So it's a really good new moon. Do a ritual. Look at where that new moon lands in your chart. But also just look at it from the perspective of the the United States. They just passed, in addition to all the other stuff they passed, they passed a trillion dollar spending, $1.7 trillion spending bill, which included changes to the Electoral College, 137 years in the making. And, um... Uh, a lot of money. A lot of money. So, but also giving people what they want or what they need. Remember, I cast these charts for DC. So with the Venus and the Mercury and the Pluto in there, uh, in- intensifying that energy and kind of pushing everything forward. Um, and of course, that was last week. But it does give you, gives you an idea of how to work with this energy. Uh, we had Ceres entering Libra last week, which we talked about too. All right, so this week, uh, we, uh, we still are breaking up that configuration, so it's a little juicy, but it starts to fade. Uh, we have Neptune and Jupiter linking up. So here we have Neptune Sorry, Neptune and Juno linking up. So here Neptune and Juno link up at 22. This is the same energy with when Jupiter and Neptune met up last April 12th, and they said, what's your new 13-year dream? And you were thinking about your dream. And then Jupiter went into Aries in May. And then he got a little far in, but when we got to August. He went, eh, I don't want to go forward anymore. I want to go backwards. So he backed up. And now he is going forward. Full steam ahead, starting a new 12-year cycle. So this is activating that dream energy from last April. And also think back on the 12-year cycles. Jupiter runs 12 years in a sign. Uh, to go, It takes 12 years to go through every sign of the zodiac, through every house in your chart. He's now initiating a new 12-year cycle somewhere in your chart. Look where zero Aries is. Think back to 210, think back to 98, think back to 86. You get the idea every 12 years. Go back about 12 years and think, what was the chapter that started then? Because you're starting a new chapter officially now. And we've been talking about this all year. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, now it's here. So make sure to take advantage of the new moon. A few more days to do so. But even just sitting and talking to Jupiter, saying, you know, Jupiter, rock in your chair with a cup of tea or a glass of wine and say, Jupiter, hmm, you know, let me think about the last 12 years. Hmm, let me think about the time you... You know, what, you know what, I've noticed there's a pattern here, Jupiter. <laughs> we're starting a new thing. We're beginning a new story. And Jupiter's like, we are. Are you ready? It's like spring. It's going to launch really quickly. So you want to get it out there and get it moving, right? When we look here. We're going to throw Venus in because the Neptune and uh, Juno meet, but Venus is right there talking to them. She's in a sextile, as is Mercury. He's just a little past them, so the two of them are kind of chatting. And of course, Venus in Capricorn is a very practical Venus. She rules the relationship. She also rules Uranus over here on the node of fate, saying, "What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing?" So watch for her, right? Watch for that Venus conjunction. She's also on what's called a, a world point. 22 and a half of the cardinal is a world point. So when she gets there on Wednesday, uh, on December 28th, she's going to stimulate this business. Notice she's 22:48, And the two guys before, they meet up on the 27th. So this is one of the bigger aspects running in the heavens this week. We see it's got a nice grand trine in water. We also see a lot of Earth. Look at how big that Earth bar is. Normal is between the T and the S. Look at how big that Earth bar. So this is really about manifesting. This Venus, Jupiter, Neptune wants to manifest things in your life. Midheaven is in Leo, like proud and loud. And then, of course, Moon in Pisces is about the dream. Like I said, you can do the ritual. Wednesday the Moon's in Pisces. Thursday the Moon's in Pisces. Don't do it on Friday. But do it this week, at the beginning of the week, for the new moon and also just this whole new juicy energy of creation. Next up, Mercury squares Eris twice this week. This is not an easy aspect. Mercury is very direct when he's in Capricorn. He is really loud uh, and clear. He also answers to the Saturn in Aquarius. So he's very precise in his communication. And he's squaring Eris, the goddess of discord. Now, Venus is going to square her, too. But Mercury and Eris, not a good combination. This is where words come out of your mouth that can be um, very hurtful, or it can really change how you see things. We also see up here, Pallas Athena and Cancer, opposite the Mercury, right? And they're all in the world point. So again, announcements or news that's very important. Not quite as big as last week. But with Mercury Square Eris, it can be news you don't really like. Then, Mercury stations retrograde on December. So Mercury Square's Eris on the 27th, and Mercury stations retrograde on the 29th. And Mercury is now stopped after he had that fight with Eris. He's still opposite the Pallas Athena, who's backing up. But he and he goes, wow I think I need to reconsider I think I need to think about this again I think I need to understand this on a deeper level remember Mercury rules that out Mars out of bounds Mars is still out of bounds Mars and Mercury are in mutual reception Mars loves to be in Capricorn it's exalted Mercury loves to be in Gemini it's his his Dean but now Mercury is stopping to go backwards and he's saying, huh I think I need to reconsider. Notice the, um, the Star of David in the chart. Um, now this is a Star of David that's, mm, you know, it's, got, it's a little squishy because it's angular, but it's definitely pay attention to it because earth and water want to manifest. This is what a retrograde Mercury looks like. So what happens is Mercury's zooming along, happy little guy. This is the point where he enters his shadow. Then he goes up here, and he stops, and then he goes backwards. Remember, this is the apparent path in the heavens, and he stops, and then he goes forward. Right. So this is as he enters, as he enters in his pre-shadow, as he stations to go backwards, as he does the retrograde, as he ends, exits in his post-shadow. So the shadow periods are interesting. And there, recently, there was a bunch of controversy on the internet in some of the groups I look in, I you know I read um, about whether the shadow periods counted or not. I'm a Virgo. And I pay attention to the details. I'm always like when people go ah doesn't no, work. I'm like, are you a Virgo? <laughs> because the Gemini's and Virgos really notice those retrograde shadows. Because Mercury's our ruler, right? We, we notice the deed. So there's there's the story. Hmm. Now we're working on it. Now we're going backwards. Now we're going forwards again. Oh, it's resolved, right? Because that's what retrogrades do: introduce you to a problem, make you think of work it out, figure out what's going on, and go. Hmm. Need to make some changes. Backwards. Okay, fixed it. Okay, good need to make some changes forward. So that's the energy. Uh, So Mercury retrograde, this is his path. He entered his shadow on December 12th. So then the stuff that you're going to be working on in this retrograde started on December 12th when he entered his shadow at 8.09, which correlates to this point right here. Enters his shadow. Then he goes forward and he stations retrograde at 24 on December 29th, which is here stations to her retrograde now he's going to go that way go back and he's going to get there and go direct on january 18th whoops wrong way january 18th gonna get here it's january 18th and then he goes zooming out and he gets to this point where he leaves his retrograde shadow on February 7th. So that's the period of the retrograde. It's, the retrograde itself is, runs from December 29th to January 18th. But well, you've been already working on what the story is. And then here, you're going to be resolving what the story is. So it's always an interesting energy because it invites us to look at things in a different way than we have before. And it's a pretty juicy one for a couple of reasons. One, Mercury has stopped and he's hanging out with Venus and Pluto. And then he's gonna leave them and go backwards. And then he's gonna come back again. And Venus is moving on, she's off. Bye bye, I'm outta here. Uh, And Pluto is, you know, hanging out, moving along. along. But it's an interesting configuration with this much intensity there, and also with the uh, recent spread of Eris, the goddess of discord. The second square to Mercury and Eris happens after that. And that's going to be on December 31st when Mercury squares Eris and activates her uh, energy. And um, really kind of stirs the pot, for lack of a better word. So he has the first square. And remember, that was like two days before. He squared her here. Squared Eris on December 27th. And then he squares her... um, going backwards on on December 31st. Also, one of the things that happens on December 29th, before he squares her for the second time, he and Venus meet up. uh, They meet up at the degree of his retrograde shadow, 24-21. So when we see this, Venus and Mercury meeting, then she says to him, Bye-bye, I'm going forward, you go back, I'll meet you down the road. And he will catch up to her. But he's now going back to pick up some stuff that he left behind to resolve some issues, resolve some problems, clarify the details, do the investigation, figure out the process, figure out the procedure. So anything that happened from December 12th now, you're going to be working with over the next month to get it resolved. And Venus is leaving. She's like, I I would have been fun hanging out, big guy, but I'm out of here. So there's a really interesting shifting energy in terms of how they're working. And of course, Venus and Mercury meet up on the same day that Jupiter and the Moon, which was on the Capricorn Sun on the new Moon uh, last week on the 23rd. Now the Moon is here. Hi. Hi, Remo. How are you? Remo did not have a good day today. We had two dogs here. (laughs) So he... uh, He wasn't very happy. People have dogs, he he plays well, but he likes to hide under the bed. I know, you had a hard time doing your baby. They eat his food, they play with his toys. He can't really come out the way he likes to, and he's the king. It'll get better, it always gets better. So here the moon is on Jupiter, which is a very interesting, intense, and passionate energy as it's and again it's a world point and it's still square in Uranus, right? So what a lot of passion up there in the heavens when that Venus and Mercury meet. Then at the end of the week on New Year's Day, January first, Venus and Pluto or I'm sorry, Venus and Pluto meet up at twenty seven, stimulating the Pluto, activating him, inviting him to say something, do something, be something. And then, when that happens, the Moon is over here in a trine. The Sun's approaching a trine. So there's a very strong energy of passion when when, uh, Venus meets Pluto. And, of course, Mercury won't meet Pluto until the end of February because he's got to go do retrograde stuff, and then he'll come back and meet Pluto. So it would be very interesting to watch the deals that go down. A lot of times when Venus and Pluto meet up, there's big money. There can be financial, stock market crap going on, you know, kind of crazy. A lot of times it's got a whole financial component to it. Uh, Austerity often, but it can be big money. You know, it can be big money coming in, but more often than not, it's got a conservative reign to it because both of them are answering to Saturn. So that's Sunday, January 1st. Of course, it marks the new year. Um, and I would say to you, skip the New Year's resolutions <laughs> on the uh, on the Aries moon. But this one's not a bad one for New Year's resolutions that work, because Venus is ruling the chart. She is 24 minutes after midnight on January 1st. She's next to Pluto. Venus and Pluto can make a commitment and keep it. Thank you very much. And so this is a good one. You know, my original, my first astrology teacher, uh, John Marcusella, would always say. Why do you do a New Year's resolution on New Year's? What if the aspects are bad? pick a day where the aspects are good to make that resolution. And I'm like, huh, interesting. This is actually a pretty good day to make a New Year's resolution uh, because Mercury's retrograde, Mars is retrograde. So the two of them, I always think of when two planets are retrograde and in mutual reception, um, it feels a little bit like a double negative. Remember, negative one times negative one is positive one. And that Venus Pluto is very passionate. And she rules the North Node where Uranus is hanging out and the, the moon and Uranus are on the midpoint of the node of fate. So this is a really potent new moon to do stuff with. And you also have Neptune and Jupiter here partnering, encouraging you to do things, and also saying, What was your dream back in April? What was that again? So it's a really good time to give yourself a little extra space kind of say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. All right. Um, And I'll just say this now, and then I'll go back and we'll do the other stuff. Uh, We're doing a setting intentions uh, webinar, which I do every year, where we go through the whole year. You get each month the hot dates. Uh, You get the big transitions and changes. You get the retrogrades. You get the conjunctions. This is a big year ahead because I know you're tired of big years. I know, I know, I know but it's it's a big year ahead. Uh, Pluto goes into a new sign starting a 20-year cycle. Yeah, you want to tune in for that one. And Pluto's in Capricorn. We know how much fun that was when you went into Capricorn in 08 and how the housing market all collapsed, right? So as he goes into Aquarius, what's going to happen to tech? What's going to happen to the airplanes? What's going to happen to all those Aquarian things that we rely on so much? Uranus is in Taurus, but Jupiter's going into Taurus where he is going to spend uh, May to May, and he's going to meet up with Uranus. Big deal. Once every 12 years, he meets Uranus. Actually, once every 13 years. But uh, Jupiter finishes Aries, and then we also have um, Venus retrograde pretty much of the summer. So there's a lot of juicy energy to talk about in the year ahead. Registrations on my website tomorrow. But today, you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So if you follow me on any of those, you can register there. And the webinar, it'll be on my website tomorrow. I looked and I went, oh, it's not there. Okay, well, I'll put it there tomorrow. What can you do? Only so many hours in a day. All right, so let's talk about the aspects for the week. Um, in terms of how they roll and what, we, what we're working with. Okay, so the sun is going from five Capricorn to 10 and we talked about his aspects. Not a lot of aspects with the Sun this week. Uh, Mercury and Venus are where it's at communication ideas and passions and intensity of what we want. Mercury is uh, of course stationing retrograde. He goes from 2253 to 2345. Not moving fast because he's stopped in the sky. But he does have a lot of aspects. He argues with Eris twice. He meets up with Venus once. He's playing with the notes of fate twice, which I didn't cover, but do pay attention to who you meet on January 26th and who you meet on on December 31st or what you hear. You may hear news or hear important things about how things are gonna proceed. And then of course he has his retrograde station this week, which usually promotes or brings forward big communication news. Um Venus this week is going from twenty-one Capricorn to twenty This conference will now be recorded. That was exciting. The battery died. I was actually just talking about Mercury and how intense it's gonna be. Hi there, how you doing? Dog. Not Remo. Remo has left. The dog is here. Um Alright, so Venus uh meet the big aspect with Venus is her meeting up with Pluto. She does have a square with arrows also. There she is. You can see her in the background there. Um, That's Moxie. She's my friend, Alexandria's dog. And Alexandria is asleep on the couch, because I'm recording this at like 12.30, 1 o'clock at night, because I'm a Virgo and I never stop working. (laughs) And uh, I got a house full, and there's no way I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow, because there's a party continuing. Alright, so Venus scenarios we did. She has a sextile to Neptune and working with the dream this week. We talked about that. And we also have her squaring Eris this week and giving us a a potency. A potency. She also has a little bit of an argument with Pallas Athena. uh, That's early in the week around strategy and how to proceed. Mars is quiet this week. He has a semi-square with Eris on January 1st. But it's more like the other planets kind of get him riled up a little. You know, it's not a bad rile, but it's like a directed rile. It, it's a semi-square. He's not going to, he's going to bark and growl, but he's not going to get what he wants. Sorry, Mars. Um, Saturn this week is Pincunx, Pallas which is on a world point, so we're going to see some new strategies and how to proceed. We also have Neptune in Trine to Pallas which we looked at earlier because she's, uh, we looked at her Neptune and Juno joining, but Neptune, Pallas Athena is also in a trine. Where's my girl? Uh, Where is she? There she is. She's up there. Okay, so Pallas Athena is trining. She's opposite these guys. Well, that was more last week, but she's trining these guys as they're coming up with the new plan and strategy on how to approach. Uh, Pluto's in a semi-square to Vesta. A great time to do clearing of your house, releasing things, taxes, last-minute stuff. We also have Chiron on the nodes. Ruby, no barking at Remo. We have an interruption from the dog. Um, let's see if she wakes up her mother. Yep, she woke up her mother. <laughs> Alexandria is sleeping on the couch. <laughs> we now have a little. Yeah. This is why I'm doing it at 12:30 at night. Yeah, it's all good. Hi, Alexandria. Go back to sleep. No worries. Uh, and that's it. Those are the aspects with a small dog, adding a little excitement to the story. All right, let's look at the moon aspects this week. Okey dokey. Two moon calendars because we're shifting. getting rid of 2022 and going into 2023. Always a good thing. Pause for station identification. All right. So today, Christmas, the moon is in Aquarius, 25th. It entered Aquarius at 2.14 in the morning. It'll be in Aquarius uh, Monday when Hanukkah ends and Kwanzaa begins and Boxing Day happens. That's the 26th. Uh, it goes void at 1.19 p.m. on the 26th. And then uh, it uh, enters Pisces at 2.34 a.m. on the 27th. So it goes void with a nice aspect of a conjunction to Saturn. The moon enters Pisces on the 27th and the 28th. Going void at 1.21 a.m. on the 29th. So those are good days to do your new moon ritual too. And I really, really, if you don't do them for any other moon, do it for the Capricorn moon. Because it's uh, it's a busy moon, and it's potent, very potent. Got all those planets on world points. Um, Zelensky got a lot of money. <laughs> I'm not saying you're gonna get a lot of money, but hey, look at what the guy did. He's a smart guy. Use you, you use this energy. Harness harness your stuff. Um, so the 27th, the 28th moons of Pisces goes void on the 29th at 1.21 a.m. with a sextile to Pluto, very potent. And then it enters Aries at 5.36 a.m. on the 29th. And then the 29th, the the 30th, the 31st, until 7.44 a.m. on New Year's Eve. Uh, It goes void at 7.44 with a square to Pluto. That's why we want to avoid that Aries moon. And then it goes into Taurus at 12.08 p.m. in the afternoon on New Year's Eve. And then he will be in Taurus on the 1st, and then he goes void with a trine Pluto. So just skip the ritual for the 29th and the 30th and do it on the other days. You can do it on the Taurus moon too. Um, We also have Mercury retrograde. The intense days this week will be Monday the 26th because we have Moon square Uranus and Moon on Saturn. 27th looks pretty easy peasy. The 28th is actually wonderful lot of flow, a lot of flow on the 28th, very happy energy. And then contentious on the um, on the 29th, just also because Mercury's station that tends to be contentious. And then the 31st is very contentious, with a lot of squares. Moon and Aries, and mm. the argument, squaring everybody, you know, squaring Mercury, squaring Venus, squaring Pluto. Moon and Aries are just... You know, uh, B-I-T-C-H that day. So, that's a difficult day, that 31st. And then, into my new calendar. Alright. Here we go. 2023. Starting now. So, New Year's Day, Kwanzaa ends on the 1st. On the and then on the 2nd, the moon goes void uh, at uh, 5.16pm with a trine to Pluto, as I mentioned, and the first is nice, a little bumpy, but not bad bumpy. Just kind of a lot of changes. So that's the energy for the week. Hopefully, that gives you some ideas about how to use it. We apologize for the dog, the cat, the battery running out. Eh, you know, it's that kind of it's that kind of day here down in Ann Orley's apartment. Got my sister and her husband sleeping in the bedroom. I've Got Alexander and the dog sleeping in the living room. Have Remo a little stressed because dogs in his house. He likes them, but not really. But he likes them better than he likes the kittens, because they leave. (laughs) So there's a new Setting Your Intentions. It'll be up on the website for you to register. Right now, you can register at Facebook, and you can also register um, on Instagram, and you can register on Twitter, if you follow me on any of those. And it will be on the website in a minute, Anne Orley. Not now, I'm not doing it now, I'm going to go to bed but it'll be on the website tomorrow and if you do not attend it's recorded and you can be downloaded and you can also go download 2022 and hear how that year went, you know, go back and listen again and hear how that went in terms of the energy uh, the Mind, Body, Spirit Cruise, we're up to 50 people they will be doing some readings on the boat um, and the schedule's been posted so Will be. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So sign up. Uh, you sign up on my website to, you know, as being one of my people, which is you just buy, you just sign up there, and then you sign up with Hildy on the for the candy for the travel. Um, I understand there are only uh, suites left, balconies left. So none of the more more the more expensive stuffs what's left. Should be fun. Uh, and uh, adventures await us plus we'll be able to talk astrology for a whole week together so that'll be fun Uh, and then a couple of stars, this is a great present to get somebody, a couple of people said can you do presents with this?" and I think Rose set it up, if she didn't she's going to be, where you can buy ahead of time, you can buy like six months and give it to somebody um, as a gift rather than every month Um, because Patreon runs all the money part of it Uh, they take the money and hold it and whatever um, and do all the credit cards I don't touch them. them but this gives you an opportunity to have a daily update every day and all the lists of the aspects and then lately I've been listening to a lot of music and there have been a lot of songs that I've been posting on it and then of course the Pluto return for the United States is still there and we also have the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction there so hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the week and what to do as we're going forward, and that you have a really good time uh, with the week. That's the ice maker. Quite the noisy little house here. So have a good one. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Ponza. Uh, happy Hanukkah ending. What else? Boxing Day. Any, any, you know, whatever you celebrate. Happy whatever. And then a great New Year. And it is a good time to do those New Year's resolutions. Also, really, really, really please do that ritual. For your new one, and have fun. And I'll talk, catch you next. I'll catch you next year. <coughs> Take care.